0: Girlfriends, episode number 254, Using Your Gifts with Samantha Stevenson. Hello, and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, I have a special guest, Samantha Stevenson, joining us to talk about her podcast and how to use your creative gifts. Looking forward to chatting with you. Let's get going. Hey, girlfriends. How are you? How is 2021? I pre-recorded last week's show. So this is really my first time connecting with you in the new year. And so far, so good. I actually love after Christmas time. I know. I love Christmas time too, but... I really love the fresh start of a new year. I love going back to ordinary time after Christmas time. Sort of this little gap here of regular routines, getting back to work and school schedules and that kind of thing, new clean spaces in our homes when we pack away the Christmas decorations for another year. There's something really nice about it. And I'm not going to be ashamed of it. I'm not a Grinch. I love Christmas, but I also love after Christmas. So I'm enjoying this this time of year and getting back into routines with kids heading back to school, getting back into work routines around here and um, back to our regular schedules. There's something really comforting I think about our everyday routines. And there's a reason toddlers love routines because that need is built in. We all have it. So I hope your 2021 is going well. I usually like to do a podcast where I share about making goals for the new year, but that was like one of the rerun podcasts that I ran while I was on break over the holidays. So I hope you had a chance to tune into that with regard to setting goals for the new year. If you are setting some goals, if you're making resolutions for fitness or for your health or spiritual, Spiritual goals or relationship goals or work goals. I would love to hear about them. I would love to know what's on your mind, what's on your heart these days, and what your goals are for the coming months and how you're surviving during this ongoing saga that is COVID 19. We had uh, some experience with it over the holidays ourselves and it hit pretty close to home. So, I'm right there with you with the stresses that it causes, with the cancellations, the delays, the being distanced from family members. It all stinks. And so if you're struggling through any of that at the start of this new year, know that you're not alone in it. And I'm I'm praying for you. I'm praying for everybody who listens to this podcast for peace inside of whatever it is that you're being called to during this unusual time, this ongoing time that seemed like It was just going to be for a minute and now it's stretching into a year and um, pretty much we're over it. We've been over it for months. So if that's you, if you're experiencing any kind of anxiety, financial stress, health concerns related to the pandemic, um, know that you're being prayed for. And I want to invite everyone who's a part of this community. And if you're listening, you're part of this community. If this is your first time listening to Girlfriends, welcome. I'm thrilled you're here and you are a part of this community. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad you're checking it out and I'm grateful for your presence here in this community. And those of you who are sometimes listeners, longtime listeners, you also are an important part of the community here at Girlfriends. I want to encourage you to pray for one another. Let's pray for each other, especially during this time that this time of COVID for all the things that we would not choose, the things that we do not want, the stuff that's happening anyway, that we can find peace in the midst of it all and that good fruit can come from the kinds of challenges and the kinds of sacrifices that we're being forced to make during these days. But if there's some particular problem that you're dealing with or an issue that you'd like me to take up here on the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me, Danielle, at DanielleBean.com. I always love to hear from you. And I've got some feedback at the end of the show. I usually like to do feedback or listener questions at the end of the show. I've got some today, um, a question from a wannabe new writer. So make sure you... Stick around if that's you, if you've got a, a writing project on your mind, on your heart, or if it's something that you'd like to get started with. Um, I'm going to be sharing some tips at the end of this show. But first, I want to share my recent conversation with Samantha Stevenson, who is a woman who is stirring many pots. She has a creative soul herself, and I love everything that she's doing, everything that she's sharing. She's a wonderful, inspiring energetic woman. And I'm so happy that she took the time to sit down with me here at Girlfriend. So let me share that conversation with you right here. Check it out. Hey, everybody. I'm excited to be welcoming a special guest here on Girlfriends today. Samantha Stevenson is here with me. Samantha is a Catholic mom of three, a writer and host of Brave New Us, a podcast exploring bioethics in the light of the faith. She's also the founder of Spoken Women, a community for Catholic women to nourish their creative callings. You can connect with her or sign up for her Mama Praise newsletter at snstevenson.com. Welcome to Girlfriends, Samantha. I'm glad you're here.
1: Hi, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you today.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to dive into this podcast, which before you reached out to me, I hadn't heard of it. So I was pretty excited to check it out and see what your mission is. But before we go into that, maybe just share with us a little bit about your background and a little bit about your family and um, where you're at.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I am a Catholic convert. I converted in college. I was going to a Catholic university, Loyola Marymount, at the time. And uh, I have amazing husband who is one of the pivotal players in my conversion and Mm -hmm. three wonderful kids uh, four and under so our life is a little bit nuts but um (laughs) yeah so I most of my time is taken up with those wonderful people and Mm -hmm. um for a creative outlet on the side I wanted to really use my my gifts and my background I Continued and got master's degrees at Loyola Marymount while I was teaching theology uh, before I was home with the kids. And I have degrees in theology and bioethics and just had this real passion and hunger to share those things and kind of bring the conversation from academia or bridge the academic conversations that I was able to be a part of and to bring it to Really, to every Catholic, you know, living their lives, who I think have a real hunger to know about these things, but mm-hmm. maybe not enough resources that are meeting them exactly where they are in, in the midst of their busy lives. So, right? Oh, that's, that's great. That's, that's great.
0: So that's where the podcast comes from, right? So, yes, Brave yeah. New Us. How long have you been working on it?
1: Um. Well, I th- I, I think I can say that I've been working on it. In terms of concept for years but in terms of actually sitting down and planning out the episodes doing the interviews that started actually this past summer Mm -hmm. and when i set out to do it 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 seemed a little crazy because i have again the kids and the newborn and at the time he was a newborn and it's just loud so to do a (laughs) podcast my husband was like what are you thinking, yeah, <laughs> you know he I said, just put aside how insane this sounds, and just hear me out. Here's the concept, <laughs> here's the idea. Would't it be amazing if this thing existed in the world mm-hmm. um because and and he he agreed and therefore supported me, but uh yes. it is. It is a little bit challenging. Um, so is he your
0: hands-on help then when you're going to record or you're doing this during the day with other help?
1: Yes, it depends because people have different availabilities, of, of course, sure. and across time zones, across the world in some cases. One um, of our guests is in the Philippines. And so it's a little bit logistically challenging. But, yeah. uh, but you know, God God makes it happen when wants. I mean, <laughs> I really was so blessed, especially for the first season. I said, bring me to the right guests or bring the right guests to the podcast because I had my own ideas uh, about who might be good to speak on the topic of genetic editing. But mm-hmm. uh, I was really amazed at how he provided through friends, uh, people who were even uh, just had really amazing things to say. And, and fit perfectly in with that topic in different ways. So one of our guests was, he's a Jesuit, and he's a friend of of people I went to college with who are now Jesuit priests, and mm-hmm. he, sorry, he knew them, and he actually wrote the book on genetic editing. And Whoa. so he he <laughs> has this high-level PhD understanding, and so we kind of talked it and worked it out. And then another uh, a friend, their youngest child and our youngest child were their godparents and their our youngest child's godparents. Mm-hmm. His sister so happens to be a bioethicist working on wow. the bioethics of disability, clinical disability at St. Louis University, and happened to actually do work in the field of the episode that we were working wow. on. So, so you yeah, got all these just...
0: connections that you weren't even necessarily looking for at the time. Yeah, but yeah. you have God these connections. God provides that's beautiful. Advice, for sure. So each episode, you're you're focused on a, a slightly different topic, always related to bioethics in some way?
1: Yes. Yeah, so each season goes into, and obviously we're just having season one is what's coming out right now, but there mm-hmm. are many seasons in the works. So right now, um, each season goes into one topic and looks at it from different angles. So season one talks about genetic editing and- that goes into a lot of really interesting places we talk about designer babies we talk about things like um when you actually manipulate the genetic structure you know is that acceptable is that playing god um Mm -hmm. we talked with emily diardo she is a catholic author living with cystic fibrosis and so she talks about kind of her perspective on well if i could edit this out of myself you know would I do that? Should I do that? Um, We talk with Mary Lenneberg, who's another wonderful Catholic speaker and writer. And she shares her experience of uh, raising a daughter who was severely disabled. Because anytime you talk about genetic editing, you're also talking about the qualities that you don't want to bring to life. So we talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about eugenics. um, And Kind of the idea of, well, if we're the ones, if we and God are, are the ones choosing our characteristics, what does that mean? So a lot right. of these things go a lot deeper into questions that our faith has really beautiful answers about that we need to be talking about and bringing to yeah. life. So that's that's kind of the goal.
0: I love that. I love that the mission of this podcast because these are things that maybe you know walking around every day you're not thinking, oh, I need to know more about genetic editing, but you, <laughs> right. you, you do. I don't think so? <laughs> not most people, um, but you do because these top these topics are things that affect our lives, and we do need to be informed about them. And it's hard sometimes for you know the average layperson to know where to go and look up, like what exactly does the church teach about this or that. So I think it's a really wonderful way to provide basic. Information about some of these very timely topics. You know, I'm thinking in my own experience years ago when uh, my husband's mother was very ill and she was she was near death in the hospital, and they were talking about different options for do we Mm -hmm. give her this, do we give her that, do we withhold this? Do we, you know, all of those end-of-life decisions. And at the time, I felt like, oh, you know, I took all these ethics classes in college and (laughs) I felt like I knew my Catholic faith, but I didn't know like where do you go and look up this specific question in the catechism, you know, and I didn't know where to turn. We ended up talking to um, a former professor of mine who who taught uh, Catholic ethics, but, and he was very helpful. But at the time I was thinking, you know, we kind of need this. We need to be able to just tap into something and find out like, what does the church teach about this specific situation? Because until you're in it, you don't really know.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's such a gift to have been able to Um, think about those things beforehand if you can, because when, like you said, when you're in the middle of that, it's, it's overwhelming, you know, you're in the middle of a family crisis. It's not the the best time to be doing research. Yes, right. You're not ready (laughs) to do that. How do I make these decisions and how do I feel confident about it And, and good that I'm doing something not even just like that I'm doing the right thing as though we have to be following a set of rules, but am mm-hmm. I doing the life-giving thing? Am I doing yes. the soul-feeding thing? Am I doing the thing that really lines up with what makes life worth living? You know, so right, right. I think it's really important and I hope that uh, that more people can be talking about these things and that we can make it a part of everyday conversation. Because like you said, it's not, you know, I I'm really glad to have had the, Podcast as an outlet because mm-hmm. when you bring these things up at a dinner table conversations, <laughs> it's not like like let's talk about end. of I had that conversation, that exact conversation with my mom, and we were going for a walk, and then she said I, we were talking about end of life things, and she's like, "This is so depressing. Why are you making me talk about this?" I'm like we, because it matters. We do
0: need to know these things,
1: and, and so I hope if. Yeah, you, know, you know, once we were to get our season out about end of life decisions, you know that that actually makes creates a way for people to have those conversations and mm-hmm. like say, you know, how oh, I thought about this, or it gives them something meaty but accessible to think about, chew on, and and to discuss with people because they're not black and white issues most right. of the time, and and I think that's actually really beautiful because there's a lot of things in our world, especially right now, that feel black and white and right. feel really polarized. So to be able to have that moment, to have those conversations, to really be open to the perspective of another and to just start listening to each other, I think is is really important, especially now.
0: Right, absolutely. So as um, a podcaster dealing with these issues of bioethics, what do you see as the most important issue related to bioethics that Catholics need to be informed about or talking about or researching?
1: Oh gosh. Um, You know, I'm going to answer that question by not answering that question. I think the most important thing uh, as Catholics, number one, is that we be rooted in prayer so that when it comes to the time for us to make really big, important decisions that we're able to, we've had that practice of listening to God and we can kind of discern where he's leading in those big moments Mm because it's that faithfulness in the small moments that leads us and part of that is informing ourselves intellectually and uh, part of that discernment is is really being ready in an intellectual space to say these are the resources at my disposal so if you're looking at a specific question of bioethics or a specific issue you can um take note of, well, all these are the issues that, that we're exposed to, but to really be able to go deeper than that and say, it's not so much about the issue of abortion or the issue of assisted suicide or mm-hmm. uh, reproductive technology in an isolated way, but the questions underneath that, the questions of why are we here? Who, who did God make us to be? Why does He mm-hmm. ask us? Why Why does are these things? Why does He communicate to us through the church that these things are prohibited? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it's because He has an end goal for us, and that goal is heaven. And so if we can understand that end goal, mm-hmm. then like a GPS, you know, we can use the directions that He gives us to navigate to that end goal. So I think that that is really the most important thing is to be in touch with what is it underneath the actual issue that I'm looking at that is the question about who I am, who I'm created to be, and where I'm going that can get me yeah. there?
0: So like those core beliefs, those core values are just informing all of our decisions. And I think
1: so. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and that's kind of something that I try to bring out in the podcast a little bit. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. so Great. So you've got all these guests. Uh, you've got a yeah. season one. Um, mm-hmm. what what are your goals for future seasons? Are you gonna focus in different themes or or do you have any goals yeah. like that?
1: Yeah, I have oh gosh. I have so many ideas. I have a list of, you know, guest ideas. People have started coming to me with um with ideas or or they want to be guests on the podcast because it I think there is a real Need So there are mm-hmm. a lot of um, fertility care practitioners who are very excited. Uh, there's going to be a, a a season or maybe a couple of seasons on different reproductive technologies. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely the idea of what does it mean to die a good death is going to come up because we want to talk about euthanasia and assisted suicide. Right. I mean, so each thing. Each season will have a theme like that and it'll mm-hmm. be issue focused, but all of them kind of weave together. Like this season on, um, the season that's on genetic editing also talks about disability. How do we serve the disabled community? How are they really a gift to us? Um, talks about assisted suicide. A lot of these things, and it talks about abortion and prenatal uh, genetic testing because you they kind of are all woven together. So sure. Uh, There's a main focus, and then different questions come up as we explore them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just talking with my young adult daughter. Um, She was she was deeply concerned about people with Down syndrome and the the message that our culture gives them when we're looking to eradicate this. Right, and mostly through abortion is where it's being eradicated. It's the way it's being eradicated in the world. And and that was really an interesting conversation to have with her because she's just you know she's at that age in life where she's taking these things on as her own and. Wanting to know more about it, like why why does the church believe this, and why do we teach this, and you know, just really understanding maybe for the first time that you know these church isn't just this list of rules; it really is about communicating values, and that that has consequences for real people, you know, including mm-hmm. some people she knows and loves that um, suffer from different kinds of disabilities, and ultimately, in our conversation, we were we kind of came down to talking about the fact that our world today is so. Deathly afraid of suffering of any kind, right? mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. the all-time evil, right? And our yeah. church is such a beautiful antidote to that, in that it gives meaning to our suffering, or it allows us to a process by which we can understand the value of our suffering.
1: Completely, yeah. I'm- like I said, Mary Lenneberg came on the podcast and she talks about that in mm-hmm. such a beautiful well, she's so concrete great. way. She's she's just such a mama. Like you <laughs> yes, listen to her is. and you immediately feel like she is also your mother. <laughs> yes, she is. Um but it's it's so important that religion be a part of the conversations on these hot topic issues. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, even as religious people, we want to sometimes sideline faith out of the conversation because it makes things easier well we don't you know we disagree on that so let's not talk about it but it's it's the religious people or the religious thinkers who have been grappling with these important questions about things like how to suffer well for Mm -hmm. thousands of years and if you silence the religious questions then you're silencing thousands of years of intellectual history uh, of people who've really given a lot of thought. And it's not just Christianity that's thought a lot about these questions. Although mm-hmm. I personally think that the <laughs> the church, the Catholic church does have the gift of the fullness of truth on earth, but mm-hmm. even different religions, uh, Judaism comes out a little bit differently. Buddhism is very much focused on how do we suffer well. Um, mm-hmm. And so th- those traditions need to be a part of the conversation when we talk about uh, euthanasia and how much suffering is too much, and whether or not is the appropriate thing to um, to end suffering immediately, or mm-hmm. is there a better way of accompanying and being present to somebody? Um, is that the more human thing to do? Right. And obviously, we as Catholics, we do think there's something more human about being with someone, even for a few moments. Uh, mm-hmm to be present to them, that that, that that matters. Right. And I think people really need to hear that. So if, they if do. we can come to know that more deeply ourselves and just be willing to not be in your face about it, but to share with people, look, here is, and this is why I love being able to share it through a podcast. It's Here is a story about how this concretely, this teaching that we have, is true in a concrete way. And here is the beautiful story about how this happened, even though it might be tragic, mm-hmm. um, because that is the whole point. Like the whole point is to say that the tragic part is not the end. Mm-hmm. If we if we give into something like euthanasia, then what we are saying is that the suffering is too much. That is the end of the story. And that's all there is. We are denying God a chance to bring resurrection out of it. And and there's nothing he can't bring resurrection out of it if we are unless we take it out of his hands. Um, right. So,
0: yeah, yeah, taking something out of God's hands that belongs only in His such an important important message for all of us to hear and to reflect on and think about because you know we've talked about it here on girlfriends before that every wrong thing we might ever do, every sin we might ever commit is rooted in that, like not trusting in the goodness of God and thinking we need Mm -hmm. to grasp control of whatever situation it is. We need to grasp at good things if we're going to have good things, not trusting him to give us good things or not trusting in his love. So that's so very fundamental. And it's fundamental with all of these issues too. As you were speaking, I was thinking about Mm -hmm. someone very close to me who suffers infertility and what, what a that's a terrible kind of suffering. It's a great loss yes. and it's a great grief. And yet our world offers this quick fix. Oh, IVF, you know, or whatever, and you know, mm-hmm. a solution they might offer. But our church teaches us something much more valuable than that, that we we need to be respectful of of life and God is the author of life. And um, but that can be really hard because it's it's so tempting to, you know, leap right to the quick fix situation because none of us likes to suffer.
1: No, absolutely. I, and we just I think it's hard when we want to say we don't want we want to make it better and we want to mm-hmm. fix it and if there's something it's so tempting if there's something that we know of that we think will fix it. Right. It's really tempting to grab onto those quick fixes or sometimes sometimes they're not even like with IVF that's not a quick fix. No, it's very it's painful, difficult and, fix. It's, and it's it's uh it's really damaging to to women a lot of the time Mm -hmm. Um, and Mm -hmm. so to be able to have these resources to help us to guide us through and become a more compassionate and more welcoming community and especially when it comes to that those questions about suffering a lot of the times it's like we don't we don't want to be communicating that the world is better without anybody any particular person in it right we don't want to say like yeah, the world is too hard for you. You mm-hmm. would be better off if you didn't exist. That's a terrible thing to say to somebody right. who's already suffering and it and for somebody who's in that position, I mean, what what hope is there if that's the best I know if death is the best answer that we have, it's it's terrible. So right. to be able to actually be hope even when it's controversial, controversial to be able to bring hope to people. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's ultimately what what we have to offer in the church. Yeah, that's a beautiful,
0: beautiful gift that we have access to in the church, that fullness of truth and that respect for all human life and the redemptive value of suffering. I mean, it's it's everything that we need, right? (laughs) All of that, for sure. So the podcast is called Brave New Us. So people are going to want to check that out. We'll have it linked up in the show notes at ascensionpress.com for this episode. But I want to just switch gears a little bit here, Samantha, and talk about, you are also founder of the project Spoken Women, which is an online community of Catholic women. Tell me a little bit about that and how that project got started.
1: Sure. Um. So when I started staying home from work with my kids, mm-hmm. I I really just felt like I still had this call to have something creative that I wanted to be working mm-hmm. on, and I started listening to podcasts really intensely at that point, and I was exposed then all of a sudden to all these amazing things that were happening online with just on in and on Instagram these. Beautiful kinds of Catholic artwork, new artwork that looked a little bit more like like what I wanted to have in my house than maybe what I had seen before mm-hmm. in in on the walls of churches and things like that. Just and all these different authors and books and yeah. for example, your books <laughs> and uh, and so I started to see that there's this whole thriving Catholic community online that I hadn't been exposed to when I was tra- I was working and going to grad school and had a newborn like right, I was maxed out. Um, Sure. And so then I started trying to say, Oh, I think I think I've always been felt called to write, I'm gonna start writing. And I really wanted to be formed in that I wanted to, to hear God's call, because I coming from Loyola Marymount, it's a Jesuit school. And so I have this Ignatian background in, in terms of thinking about calling and vocation. And so I wanted something to form me specifically as a Catholic woman trying to nurture this creative call. And I found some great Protestant resources. Uh I found this really amazing conference. And I thought, gosh, this is going to be so great when there is a Catholic version of this. (laughs) This is going to be awesome. And kind of let it lie from there. And then, so that was kind of the the first inkling that I had Mm -hmm. of we really need this. Uh, And then there were a few um, other things I found online that were really neat communities for people who are trying to do creative work in different ways. Mm-hmm. There's one for mothers who are doing creative work. There's one for, there was another Protestant solely online group. And I really was just, well, where's where are the Catholics in this? We right. have such rich theology and uh, such an opportunity to kind of dive into what does that mean, and especially for women. And so it kind of came from there, and, and I just felt nudged again and again in prayer Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you want you want this thing you see this thing (laughs) i you do this thing so i started to reach out to other women on instagram and it just kind of exploded from there Mm -hmm. and so many people as soon as they found it they said things like this is what i've been trying to start but i just haven't been able to give it the time or this is the thing i've been praying would come into existence so it's really a place for community and starting something in covid uh, my desire for a retreat is, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> far a far off desire right. still. I mean, I'm in California, we just got we we just got our restaurants taken away again. Right. So it's like that's not that's not what God has for us right now. Mm-hmm. He has something better right or something for the right now. Um, so eventually we want to be able to bring women together to have retreats and conferences to be formed. And so right now we're doing that online. We have small groups. Um, we have people. We're reading different books about the creative life or different works by Catholic authors um, for inspiration. We have you know our whole website. We ha- You can go to the website and see all of the women who are involved. So this they is SpokenWomen.com. So you can kind of see... Yeah. Spokenwomen.com. You can see who, who lives where. So I've been able to connect with a few people who live close by nice. because we have that resource. And we also have a Facebook group. So it's a way of, of using social media to foster community in a meaningful way. We give each other tips or feedback on our work. Um, we also do some of the book club stuff in there. So people who don't have time or can't give right now to a a Zoom type group right. you know you can you can be participating that way and it's been really great and i was even able to connect with there is a one woman in there who's really struggling with some personal medical decisions and so she found mm. me through that and said wow this is amazing i i can talk to you about this thing that i'm struggling with um so great. in a really personal way so there's a lot of very Graced Holy Spirit moments like that, okay. so is is this a group that's just
0: for people who are like actively publishing, creating stuff? Um, exactly what's no. the profile <laughs> that you're looking for here?
1: Yeah, no. um actually, that's a good. That's a great question. So it is for any Catholic woman who has a spark of creativity within her um and feels ready to to be open to how the Holy Spirit might want to be working there mm-hmm. so that, covers everybody from professional uh, writers and speakers who are part of the group, but also people who, you know, it's a little bit for, for me where I was before I was writing a book and doing Mm -hmm. a podcast before I really even just when I started blogging, because I felt like I want, I want to be writing in my life. Mm -hmm. And that was my little yes. And God takes our little yeses and he turns them into whatever it is that he has for us and for the world. And sometimes people are afraid to start because they're like, there are all these amazing women out there doing their thing. But that's actually where the name Spoken Women comes from. It comes from a quotation that says, each of us is a word of God spoken only once. And so it is really for each of us to discern, what is that in my life at this moment? Mm -hmm. Because that's going to be different from the next moment. It's going to be different from the next season of life. Sure. Um, yeah. But for where I am right now, to be able to have a community of women who are similarly searching out that will of God and to just be more themselves mm-hmm. wherever they are. And so that's why we have different kind of options, because mm-hmm. especially I know what it's like to be a working mom. I know what it's like to be a stay at home mom right. and and have lots of things that you're juggling and not that moms only are the only right, ones. I was going to say it's not just for moms, my, right? My single friends <laughs> definitely have a lot of things on their plates to, that they juggle as well, and mm-hmm. they give to the world in different ways too. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I'm so
0: glad this community exists because, well, first of all, I mean, this is something we talk about here on girlfriends frequently: is that you need that kind of creative outlet. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't care who you are and all the things <laughs> you have going on. Uh, busy mamas, especially, need something like that. Like. I am always encouraging people to get in touch with your inner creativity, whatever, in whatever way it might express itself. Like maybe you're a scrapbooker, you know, and some right. people will tell me something like, oh, you know, I only just do this thing. And like, don't belittle it. It's a, first of all, just for you, it's a great gift to be able to explore that more fully and to be in a community mm-hmm. of women who can encourage that. But yeah. then, you know, God probably has a plan for you to use that in the world <laughs> in some way. And that's a beautiful way to kind of be encouraged by the example of us others and um, kind of discern the ways in which God might be calling you to further explore what your gifts are and how you're meant to use them.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not just whatever you might feel professionally or whatever you're Mm -hmm. passionate about, but really all kinds of creativity because all kinds of creativity is participating in that part of the image of God, you know, Mm -hmm. His creative work. And We sometimes will share. We have a weekly share in the Facebook group and people will share pictures of, look at this calligraphy I did on my Christmas cards, or they will share the way that they set their table for Thanksgiving. And then so to think, kind of expand our imagination to think about creativity, um, but to really to value that, because sometimes we don't value our own gifts enough Mm -hmm. or we don't or we feel guilty when we try to indulge in those things, right. because it's something that's just for us, because it's, if for some reason, we think that because we in, enjoy it, right, that it, uh, you, that we have to reserve. Yeah, there's like no a excuse special for time. doing it, right. <laughs> I think it's, it, it, you know, it's a good habit. Like When you're in school, you, you do your homework, and then you do the things that are fun. Mm-hmm. But when you become an adult, there's, there's a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. So unless you make time consciously for those things that fill you with life. I mean, God knows that we need that. That's right. why he gave us the Sabbath as as a place to practice recreation, to really get in touch with that um, and to value that and to say that that's important and that God made me this way. And I'm going to honor that.
0: Yeah, I love that because you know what, so many of the things like what you're describing are really, you know, just beautiful expressions of our feminine genius like the things that we're mm-hmm. we're meant to do that are meant to be a gift to the world you know like sharing yeah. how you set the table well maybe that doesn't feel like a big deal but it's a gift to your family that you can creatively you know put something beautiful together and serve a meal in a beautiful way or um these are things that I think we tend to maybe just push aside and belittle as you know frivolous or like mm-hmm. you said you can it's only what you can do once your chores are done kind of thing <laughs> but It really needs to be a a part of what we're doing every day. I think that's what we're called to do. That's what women are called to be in the world is sharing those beautiful feminine gifts that we have and the different ways that we express them.
1: Yeah. And it's never frivolous to make the world a more beautiful or more hospitable place. That's always an aspect of the way that God is loving us. Right. Uh, I mean, just the other day I was in line getting coffee and... Um, and I was getting a sandwich. It was at a subway, and the lady was taking a lot like an extra time to make my sandwich really nice. The lady behind me was clearly in a hurry <laughs> and like very anxious. And so I felt bad because this she's taking this time to make me this really nice sandwich. And I I just I knew she wanted a coffee, so I bought her coffee too, and she started to cry. Aww. And she said, She's like, I've had the worst day. It was at a, a medical facility. She's like, I've had the worst day. I I they couldn't do the thing I was here for them to do and thank you so much. And like I just bought her coffee. Yeah. Was but like, that's it wasn't beautiful. a nice it wasn't a frappuccino. It was a <laughs> drip coffee that had been sitting there since probably six AM and it wasn't very good. But the point was that it it was a very small thing that made the world a little bit yeah. more um more welcoming right. for someone else. And it it mattered. Right. And so I don't think we can really know. I don't think we should be the judge of that. If we feel like this matters mm-hmm. or this is beautiful or I want to do this, I, that desire matters inside of us. Yeah. And so we, that's part of, as part of, you know, you had a, the episode recently on self-care, like mm-hmm. that's part of caring for ourselves. And that's part of caring for the world to just to honor those things.
0: Right. I, I agree. And I, that's a beautiful example of just a tiny thing that's really focused on connection. And, you know, like we, we we're tempted to dismiss those small things, but they're actually, that's everything. Like those small connections, like she, you know, the, she burst into tears. It's because it's actually deeply meaningful to her to be mm-hmm. seen in that way, to be cared for in that way, in that small way. What a, what a beautiful gift that is. So spokenwomen.com, how are people interacting? You mentioned a Facebook group, but if someone yes. joins up, um, do they like make a profile? How does that part work?
1: Yes. So that's part of, um, of signing up. They make a profile and then you can see on there, there's a map that has a, a little dot for everyone and you can kind of see who lives by you or who lives across the world from you. (laughs) We are now in three countries.
0: Nice. International. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah. Still still the Western Hemisphere, but North and South America. Nice. Um and so people connect. So they can there are a lot of people in the group who are not on social media, don't want to be on social media. Mm -hmm. And so we're kind of sensitive to that. And that's part of what we've been talking about as a community lately is How do we connect? What's the good of social media? What's the, we all know the pitfalls of social media, but how do we use this tool? Well, for those of us who feel really called to be in that space, Mm -hmm. and then how do we connect um, for the members who are not? So they, um, anyone can sign up to be on our email list and send uh, uh, inspiration for women who are trying to nurture their creative callings. Um, Anyone can listen to the podcast. We have the Spoken Women podcast. Different members sharing just a fifteen-minute message uh, each week about how they create something they faced and how they overcame it Mm -hmm. um, in the creative life, and so those are kind of. And we have an essay collection of creators and creatives sharing just personal stories of how they've um, same thing, but through through writing, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's more personal. Of this is my. Kind of gift to the world. So we have different ways for people to create and contribute mm-hmm. and speak to anyone uh, who's part of the creative life. And then we also have the Facebook group, the virtual small groups. Um, we have a monthly video talk that you can listen to on your own time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have different women creating those each month uh, about things like how do I the December one is called how do I seize my hope in a world full of social media creatives um, by Jennifer Lindbergh she's a journalist and she never had social media until one year ago so she's sharing a, like you can definitely do this without it mm-hmm. um, but then we also had last month's was Nell O'Leary and she talked about how do you build authentic audience online mm-hmm. in a very spirit-driven way Um, that's beautiful. And so, yeah, yeah, it's just different, different messages like that. I love that this community
0: exists and Samantha, you're such a, you're, you're a wonder, like all these things that you're doing, all these different pots you're (laughs) stirring. Uh, there might be some people who are listening right now. They're like, okay, yeah, I have this goal, like this forever from now goal. I'd like to do some writing. I'd like to do photography. I'd like to, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And they're feeling like, I just don't have a minute to do it and I'm exhausted at yeah. the end of every day and I'm just barely getting my stuff done. What might you say yeah. to somebody who's finding themselves in that situation?
1: Yeah, I think, um, cause I, that was definitely me when, mm-hmm. when I had, I had two kids, I had a newborn and I really wanted to be writing. And, um, at that time I didn't have any social media and I reached out to somebody who was, was doing something, She's a blogger, and she had this beautiful blog. And I said, "What's your advice? Mm-hmm. Just give me your advice." And she was kind enough to talk to me, and and she said, "You know, just just start mm-hmm. and do something every day, and and that's that's really it. Like just do. It's just like prayer. It, it is not about the the big exciting fruits as much as it is about showing up every day.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: or or every third day, if, <laughs> if that's what whatever it is. you can manage." And, you know, people have different temperaments. People have different uh, s- different sleep preferences. Mm-hmm. Some people are night owls. That's not me. I'm falling asleep on the couch at 8 <laughs> p.m. I am a morning person, mm-hmm. and I, it's really hard to get up in the morning. But the more I made time and space for myself, practically just get up earlier, honor that, mm-hmm. the happier I am. Because I've taken that time to first pray and then do something for me at the beginning of, of every day. Yeah. And, um, and it's just, yeah, just showing up every day. Not every day works out. <laughs> Sometimes the kids are up early, uh, mm-hmm. but that's why it's, it's more about consistency. I think, yeah. um, in prayer in weight loss and all of these yep. things, it's like show up and try to do something every day for five minutes. Yeah. You know, if that, if you got five minutes, you have five minutes. If you have 10 minutes, great. Mm-hmm. If you have an hour you're very lucky. <laughs> like, um, you know, whatever you have to just give, mm-hmm. give little yeses.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important advice because sometimes people get paralyzed and I hear from them all the time, like they're waiting for time to just open up before they begin the next thing. It it, it's never going to, right? And and I used to, like back when um, my kids were all little and I was, I was doing a significant amount of writing on the side, like people would ask me like, where do you find this time? And yeah, I would stay up late. I would get up early. I would find that time. But more often than not, it was like, taking advantage of those little moments that open up, like you're, you've got 15 minutes where you don't have anything else you're doing and just being like, well, this is probably my time for today. Like, you know, as stupid, <laughs> totally. as easy as it would be to just dismiss that, like, it's just 15 minutes. I'm waiting for a three hour span. Thank you very much. But it that's never going to come. And kind of making making your peace with that, that it's going to be yeah. in bits and pieces. It's not going to be ideal. But just once you get in the habit of doing that, you realize what a gift it is to yourself and to the people that you're loving and serving every day, if you're enriching that side of yourself.
1: Totally. Um, Shannon Evans is an amazing author. And she, she says that she writes, she has five kids. Mm-hmm. She writes in the margins of her motherhood. Oh, I like and that. I think that's just a really good phrase. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I think it's really good because it kind of describes, like, these bits and pieces. But it's also good because it keeps the main thing the main thing mm-hmm. and the margins the margins. And that ba- balance looks different yes. depending on your call and your vocation and your season in mm-hmm. life, too. Um, but also, like, it's really easy. We will fill time as human beings. We will find something to fill our time with. So that it, it, prioritizing another author um, that I really like – says you prioritize ruthlessly. Mm-hmm. And and that's true because every yes that you say, just like marriage, if you're going to be faithful in marriage, your yes to one man is a no to every other man in right. the world. And so whatever, just with every present moment, whatever you're saying yes to, you are saying no to everything else in the world. Mm-hmm. So I, everybody can discern for themselves, like, is this thing I am present to in this moment? saying no to everything else is that is that worth it um right and so because i uh, yeah (laughs) sometimes especially in advent i think it's a little it's like lent it's a season of preparation and so that's a good discernment to make is is there space for for this in my life is there space for christ in my life right Mm -hmm. now because that needs to come first and then is there space for whatever the main things are. And then is there space for the next thing? Um,
0: mm-hmm. I, I find that like there's out. a lot of peace that can come from kind of taking that big picture look at your life and making sure your priorities are in order. Not that it, you're ever going to do it perfectly, but that's not an excuse for not having that thought process in the first place, right? We're looking at like, these are the things I think it's important for me to be doing on a regular basis. And yes, creative outlets will be on there. Um, and then kind of making a plan, like what does your everyday life look like? How are you actually yeah. spending your time? And does that line up with what you say your priorities should be or not? Mm -hmm. And the times in my life where it hasn't lined up, and I haven't been pausing to even consider that are the times of the greatest anxiety and no peace, you know, in, in my own motherhood, in my own marriage that, but then the times where I've given some thought to that, even though it doesn't always work out perfectly to my plan. And Mm -hmm. I'm never the kind of person who's planning down to the minute in my days. Like I'm just don't, I don't function that way, but (laughs) having time set aside, like, you know, a Wednesday afternoon, I know I've got space open where I'm going to pursue this project. Then on Tuesday evening, when I'm not doing that thing, I'm not having anxiety about the fact that I'm not doing it. I know it's it funny. has its spot. Yeah,
1: I, when I first started staying home, I read A Mother's Rule of Life. And yes, it, great oh, it's book. So good. And uh, just recently, my life is very different because I didn't have these projects going on then. So I reread it mm-hmm. just recently and took the time to kind of prioritize ruthlessly and say, look, these are the important things. Um, and And mm-hmm. what do I have room for? What do I have space for? And giving myself kind of that grace of, it's okay if you don't live up to it every day. You're, Mm -hmm. if you think about it, especially if you're doing a rule of life, like a religious order does, they have a novitiate that lasts usually more than one year. Like they have a postulancy. Mm -hmm. It takes them (laughs) three, four, five, I mean, friends who are Jesuits took them 12 years to become a Jesuit. So if you're thinking about, oh my gosh, this one day I didn't live up to what I set out for myself <laughs> to do, which is my personality is a uh, perfectionist. It's like, sure. Nope. This is just another, another way for me to see, oh, if I don't, if I don't use the time that I set aside, then some, again, I'm saying no to something else or I don't have the mm-hmm. time for it. So I have to make up that time later. So having that to say, yeah, or to mm-hmm. adjust that rule as you needed. Oh, this is not going to work. This was way too ambitious this was silly, right? Like, you know, and then you can really be present to what's in the moment. Cause you know, like you said, that, that other thing, those dishes get done at that time. So I'm not going to be worried that they're mm-hmm. in the dishwasher or they're in the sink right now because that's the dishwashing time comes later and that's fine. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think there's so much peace to be found in that. And, um, you're, you're so right that, that, that kind of beating yourself up over not being perfect at it. Like you need to be looking at this as like a long-term practice of your life. Um, So the book you mentioned is uh, A Mother's Rule of Life by Holly Pierlowe. I've linked it up in the show notes before, and I'll do it again for this episode because I really do love that book. I've shared about it on the podcast before um, that – It's okay if you I mean, this is how I use the book. I didn't use it and just try to completely follow the program exactly as Holly lays it out. For me, it was revolutionary early on in my motherhood because it helped me to see that I could do this, like just actually giving me the idea to think about what my priorities are and try to line my my life up up to it, like how I'm spending my time each day. That was like a life-changing, yeah. as dumb as it sounds, <laughs> that was life-changing for me. Like, oh, I can do that. I don't have to just like be reactive going through my mm-hmm. days, just responding to things as they happen mm-hmm. to me. I can have a plan. Uh, that was really helpful to me. So I definitely want people to check it out, but don't use it as like a level of perfection no. that you're going to beat yourself up for not living well, up I to.
1: Think it needs to be personal to you so if you're looking at somebody else's Mm -hmm. rule of life and or or some other religious order's rule of life mainly they pray six times a day yes they do because that is their vocation what Mm -hmm. and and so being able to say this is this is what works for me or this is what works for our family too because there are certain things i put i kind of jotted down specific things i wanted to include and there's we we mm-hmm. changed the way that we spend our Sundays because my husband does not like he doesn't like to be out on a Sunday. It makes him anxious. Okay. I would love to be out visiting, especially home all week, well, you know, during right. normal times. But it it's more life-giving for him if we spend Sunday together as a family. We do a project, mm-hmm. we watch a family movie, and we order takeout because I love cooking. It's I, I'm so passionately love cooking, but he wants me on a Sunday. He wants me to be present. And so we don't cook. We don't do dishes. I don't even make breakfast. I make breakfast burritos on Saturday and then we throw them wow. in the oven on Sunday morning. <laughs> it's, and it's been really relaxing. And that's something I did for him. That's been a gift for me, too. So I'll just
0: Yeah. Well, but that's, that's exactly not going to work it for work. everyone. It right. Works, that's not going to be your, everybody's schedule.
1: Yeah. It's your family. Your, your mm-hmm. family has different needs. And I'm sure it'll change as our family grows and we have more people or we have less people when they leave the house. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's a very wise way to approach it. Well, okay. So the the website, getting back to it, is SpokenWomen.com. Yeah. And the yes. podcast is Brave New Us. My guest today has been Samantha Stevenson. Samantha, I am so in awe of everything that you're doing and so many good things are coming out of your efforts and your organization behind the scenes. So I want to thank you for doing that. Thank you for doing it for women and thank you for doing it for the church.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you for that affirmation. That was so sweet.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm thrilled that you were able to share about it here on Girlfriends. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for all that you're doing and may God continue to bless the good work that you're up to.
1: Thanks, Danielle. You too. All
0: right. Coming up, we've got some listener feedback for you. But in the meantime, we've got a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to The Girlfriends Podcast.
2: Wouldn't it be nice to have a Bible that actually explains how to navigate it and make sense of it? A Bible that includes a detailed plan for how to read it with a page layout that's designed for study and personal devotion? Now, for the first time ever, there is a Catholic Bible that does just that. A Bible that incorporates the same color-coded learning system that has proven so effective in the Great Adventure studies. I have had the privilege of working with some of the most talented Biblical scholars of our day, Mary Healy, Andrew Swafford, and Peter Williamson, to create the Great Adventure Catholic Bible. This Bible makes the complex simple, as it guides you through the narrative woven throughout salvation history, The translation is the Revised Standard Version, Second Catholic Edition, an elegant, accurate, and modern Catholic translation. The Great Adventure Catholic Bible is perfect for your personal devotion and Bible study or as a gift for friends and family. If you want to understand sacred scripture and be transformed by the Word of God, then this is the Bible for you. Pick up your copy at ascensionpress.com.
0: Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share some listener feedback or listener questions with you all. And this week I heard from Kate, who wrote in Dear Danielle, thank you for podcasting and being the bright and cheery light during my workouts and chores. I love girlfriends and I wish we were real life friends. I feel like I know you. I have been listening through a lot of your older shows and I loved Don't Hide Your Light and other titles on using and finding your gifts. This week's show is another example of that. So this really fits in with this week's topic. Um, Kate goes on, I am a mom of a very rambunctious one-year-old with a bug to write, but very little time and energy to do it. I, like you in your beginner days, have submitted and been published here and there, but I am often discouraged when it comes to truly deep diving into my gifts and getting my own platform slash submitting. I feel like there's no time to do it. And what do I have to offer if there was anyway and why bother? How did you or do you start writing with littles in the house? How did you get past the discouragement of being your own worst critic? I would so love to hear your thoughts. Thank you again for all you do, Kate. All right, Kate, I have such a heart for what you're asking here because I can so relate to that. And I think anybody listening, whether it's writing for you or some other creative outlet, this is part of what we talked about. You know, Samantha and I, with her project, Spoken Women, where she is looking to encourage women to explore their creative gifts. And so that's my first bit of advice. I hope you listened to the interview, Kate, and that you will check out Spoken Women and become a part of that community because that right there can give you the inspiration you need and the motivation you need to kind of follow through on exploring your creative talents with regard to writing. So first and foremost, that, and um, I love how the Holy Spirit works that way because I already had this topic in this interview planned for this show. And then I got your question just in time for sharing. So perfect timing there. Um, so you ask, like, how do you find the time? So let me just go through your questions here. So first is pretty practical. Like, I feel like there's no time to do it. Okay, totally get that. And I'm just going to tell you, stop waiting for the perfect time. Stop waiting to have three uninterrupted hours because it's unlikely to happen. And just start using what you have. Start with 20 minutes, if you can get it during that rambunctious one-year-old's nap time, or that rambunctious one-year-old probably goes to bed early enough that you could find the time there. And for me, early on, it was really about grabbing those scraps of time whenever I had them. And yeah, they got interrupted a lot of the times. And I would think I'd have a certain amount of time and then I wouldn't and whatnot. And for sure, I stayed up really late <laughs> a lot of the time it was just the time that I could devote to it. And I guess I was young enough to be able to pull it off. I don't know, sleep deprived for a very long time there. Um, But it was worth it to me in a lot of ways. And so I'm not saying, you know, only sleep four hours a night or whatever. But if you can push it a little bit and find that time, whether it's during nap times, whether it's hiring a sitter, whether it's swapping, you know, making a a deal with your husband, you know, to have that uninterrupted time, even if it's just to get an hour where you get the time to focus on your writing, it is so worth doing. And, you know, just don't wait for it to be ideal. Don't wait for it to be perfect. Be open to the idea that it's going to be interrupted. It's not always going to go the way that you planned, but that's not an excuse for not doing it in the first place, not making a plan for it in the first place. So finding the time is really just about figuring out in your schedule where, start with looking for 20 minutes, I, I, I would say. And sometimes that you could get more than that at that time, maybe, you know, maybe your toddler sleeps for an hour and a half in the afternoons or um, just look for the, the 20 minutes. And sometimes you won't get even the 20 minutes, but start there, start looking for that much time rather than as much time as you think you need in your head, what you think is the ideal time to be able to spend working on your writing and um, know that it's important to do this. Not necessarily that it's important that you be building a big career right now or whatever. I don't know what your particular goals are. I'm not talking about that, that, you know, it's important to have any certain status with regard to what you're doing with writing. but it is important to be exploring your gifts in this way, to be using your gifts in this way, to know that you have that opportunity and that outlet for something that you're good at, something that you enjoy beyond, you know, taking care of your one-year-old. And... There, you shouldn't feel bad about that. It's it's a reasonable thing. It's not like you're you're saying that you don't want to have to spend any time with your family and you just want to be devoted to these outside pursuits. There's always a balance to be had there, but it sounds like you're very balanced. And so know that it's important to do. And if you're writing to me about it, I know it's important to you. So um, So you're talking about truly deep diving into your gifts. And let me encourage you as a new mom to be open to deep diving into your gift of motherhood in addition to these other kinds of pursuits i think sometimes we don't give ourselves and it sounds like you're you're a pretty driven person sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to do just that like figure out what your what your motherhood is and what a gift that is and the ways in which you are uniquely called to love your family right now and that doesn't mean you're not going to do these other things but i want to encourage you to remember the importance of that that It's still brand new to you. You've got a one-year-old. This is still a new thing that you're adjusting to. Give yourself the grace of time to fully embrace that figure out what it is. Dive deep into that gift as well as these other kinds of gifts that you're talking about here. So for sure do that. And then this part about insecurity, I mean, I get it. You you say, what do I have to offer? Even if there was time, why bother? How did you get over the discouragement of being your own worst critic? You know, I can look back now and see that I was like a neurotic, anxious, insecure cliche of a writer early on. And I still can be that. I, I fully still can be that. Um, but I've come a long way. And I I don't even know what to tell you for how I did that, except that it comes through experience. It comes through rehearsal of being rejected and taking it super personally and then being rejected again and learning to not take it so personally. It comes from not taking ourselves so seriously Um, Being open to editing, being open to changes, being open to criticism, being open to, this was a huge one for me back in like my blogging days, the idea that not all the world is going to love everything you do and that's okay. Like maybe what you write is going to bless one person and that is the goal that God has in mind for that piece of writing you're going to do. And there are going to be 10 other people who hate it. Well, so what? That's part of the deal. Like, (laughs) it was like a newsflash to me when I realized, oh, not everybody's going to just love me to death. There are some people I'm just not going to be their cup of tea. And that's okay. And, you know, just coming to terms with that, I think a lot of it just comes from life experience and what happens naturally as you get a little bit older, have more experience and gain some of that maturity. Um, And really, it just comes through experience. So I don't think there's anything particular I can tell you, except that it can happen over time and being aware of that and looking at setbacks, whether it's setbacks that you can't find the time, setbacks that your writing gets rejected, setbacks that you set a goal and you, you failed to achieve it in whatever way. But looking at all of that as learning opportunities, opportunities to grow spiritually, grow in your own maturity, in your own experience. I mean, I know I personally, there was, there was one magazine, this is years ago when I was first getting started that I just wanted to be published in. I loved this magazine. I wanted to be in it. I think it no longer publishes by the way, but anyway, um, it was a big magazine. It paid well. I I just had this goal of getting published in there and I sent and I sent and I sent and I got rejected and I got rejected and I got rejected. But over the course of that back and forth and being rejected so many times, It was really discouraging, of course, every single time, but I got to know this one editor in that way because there were things she liked about what I had submitted and she kind of got back to me and let me know why it wouldn't work for this, that, or the other reason. I was crushed, I was devastated, uh, you know, uh, but then I would go back again and work at it again. And then ultimately I did end up getting published in that magazine and it was just, it took so much longer than I ever wanted to to. It was humiliating. Every time I got rejected, I felt crushed. I felt like a failure. I, you know, felt like I was always falling short of these goals. It just took so long that, you know, by the time I achieved it, yeah, it felt great, but it also felt like, well, gee, that, you know, that took an awfully long time. Um, But looking back on it, I could see that the whole thing was a learning experience, just practicing You know, that rejection, practicing a failure and trying it again, figuring it out again. And there was a lot, um, you know, in the end, it was perseverance that wound up getting to the point where I could achieve that goal it was only because i persevered only because i kept going back even though i didn't really feel like it and um there was a lesson for me in that and just looking back on it now i can see that you know i was gaining so much i was gaining so much from just the few little notes that that editor would send back to me about you know what worked or what didn't or what i what she thought i should change and as humbling as it was at the, in the moment I I was gaining just valuable lessons through all of that, even through the, the specific kinds of changes she was looking for. But then in the broader sense of knowing that, um, I could persevere and I could push through and I could make adjustments and I could grow in humility and learn by doing that. So that's a long story just as a way of telling you that all of these things that you're experiencing, you saying you're, you're finding, you know, some publishing here and there and, um, just do more of that, in in whatever little ways that you can during your busy time as a young mom right now. Just do more of that. There's so much to be gained through that, and I don't know what your particular goals are as a writer or, um, you know, b- being published in certain ways or writing a book or whatever your long term goals might be. You know, just know that right now, what you can manage in these little ways, there's a lot. Of value in that, and that you can learn a lot, and that God can use these experiences to prepare you for things that He might have in mind for you for the future. You know, I look back to when I was blogging, and I was blogging, of course, you know, I wasn't getting paid. Uh, I wasn't one of these major influencers who was like getting all this money for pushing products or anything. I was, you know, I was doing my Catholic mommy blogging back in the day, and I loved it, and I wasn't making any money from it, and I felt driven to do it like in a way that probably didn't make sense. Like if I'm looking back on it now, I had all these little kids and I just felt driven to be putting something on that blog every day. And I look back now and I see that it did, you know, all of that experience shaped me, formed me as a writer um helped me to kind of grow a platform that I didn't even know what a platform was right and I was kind of you know connecting with people and building an audience and and, and it led to future opportunities when I got into magazine publishing when I published books even podcasting and what I'm doing now um all, it was all just laying the foundation for that. And I look back and I think about how I was driven to do those things in a way that probably didn't make a ton of sense if you sat down and examined it, but I just knew I needed to do it. And I see God's will in that. I see that God was preparing me for what he had planned in my future and the kind of work that he wanted me to be doing. And I can, I can now, because I have that experience, look at, um, you know, things that are happening today and things that I'm experiencing today and failures and setbacks I might experience in my work life today and begin to see that they're, they're part of a bigger plan and that God is working all things out for my good and he's working all things out for your good too in whatever it is he has planned for you, the things you're going to experience, the opportunities you might have, the successes you might experience and the failures you might experience, that God is gonna work all those things together for your good. Have confidence in that. And that applies to everybody, not just to Kate. That applies to everyone who is listening, that whatever it is, whatever goals you might be setting, it might not be writing for you. It might be another creative pursuit. It might be another work-related goal. Whatever it is that's on your heart, know that God knows about the desires of your heart. He's placed the desires for good things in your heart. He knows all about those desires you have and those goals that you have and those longings that you have. And he is working all of the things out right now for your long-term good. Just have confidence in that, trust in the goodness of God. So Kate, I'm gonna be praying for you and I'm gonna be praying for everybody who's listening that we can be at peace with God's plan for our lives and the ways that he's working it out Sometimes ways that are hidden for us from us for many years even decades while we we are kind of seeing things foggily while he's seeing things with greater clarity and with a long-term vision that we can't begin to imagine sometimes but let's all be at peace with the fact that God loves us with a unique and personal love and he has a unique and personal mission and plan for each of us and we just need to be open to what his will is for us and trust in his goodness and his guidance. And take that daily bread one day at a time. He didn't promise bread for a lifetime delivered on the day that you're born. He promised daily bread. So let's all be content right there. Wishing you the best, Kate. If you have a question like Kate or if you have a topic you'd like me to consider taking up here on the podcast, I would love to hear from you. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. I want to thank Samantha for being part of today's show and I want to thank you for being here. Your presence is so very valuable to me. I'm so grateful for all that you do to encourage and support me here at the podcast One of the most important ways you do that is just by showing up. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing part of your day with me here today. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.